You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue View as we continue our NFL draft coverage, previewing every single position group that is a need for the New York Giants, which, this might be shocking, folks, is every single position group. We're going to dive into today the receivers, an important need for this Giants team, a group that needs a dynamic playmaker. There's a lot of different body types and styles in this class, and we are going to discuss it. Before I get into that, I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. We are your analysis guys, part of Big Blue View. Uh, before we get into furthering this discussion, please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening. We would really appreciate it. And also head to BigBlueView.com for more fantastic New York Giants coverage. So, Chris, I, I already touched on... The key thing here, and I think that we should definitely elaborate before we start talking about these day one receivers that our, our listeners should be aware of, that re- the receiver position has to be of the utmost priority for this offseason. And we're going to end up doing some free agency shows, and, and we've, we've also talked about some of their options on some of the position evaluation shows. We did do the receivers already, so we did have that conversation. And there's options for them in free agency. It's all dependent on how much money they have. Maybe their priorities change now that J.J. Watt is uh, going to be available because he's being released. They could go Kenny, Co- Kenny Galladay. They could spend some money on Juju Smith-Schuster. But one thing that is definitely a stronger possibility is them selecting a receiver either at the 11th pick or in the second round, which is where a lot of really good receivers have come out of. Michael Thomas was a second-round pick. DK Metcalf was a second-round pick. So we're going to outline these first-round guys. We're going to outline these second-round guys. But the the best way to set up this conversation is that they need a playmaker. They need somebody who can divert attention, and it's something that we've talked about so much this offseason. They need a big play guy because right now this group lacks it. Yeah, it really does. They The Giants don't have that number one receiver, and it's really forcing the guys they do have to play out of position, so to speak. Sterling Shepard is a fine receiver. He's a really good slot receiver. He's probably one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. What he isn't is a, he isn't an X receiver. He isn't a flanker, but because the Giants don't have that X receiver, they're asking Sterling Shepard to play that role. Uh, Darius Slayton, he's got speed. He can take the top off of a defense, but he can't really defeat tight press coverage. He can't beat number one corners. He can't beat double teams the way a number one receiver should be able to, but they're asking him to play that role. It really 
makes things easier for the defense and it makes things unnecessarily hard for the offense. Uh, Mark Schofield has a saying I kind of love and it, it it's football is hard enough. You don't have to make it any harder on yourself. And the Giants kind of have been doing that by trying to force square pegs into round holes with the receiver groups. Yeah. And we want to go into this group now and discuss some of the fantastic athletes. And, and as I said, there are a lot of various directions that the Giants could go in. And we've talked about, it, it seems like the, the current need for the group is to go and get a big receiver, an X guy, a guy that is going to command attention, maybe more of a contested catch player, because right now the Giants just don't have somebody who can step up in these difficult situations where they will secure a catch on fourth and long, on third and seven in a close football game. Um, But if they choose not to go in that direction and maybe they have the approach of what the Chiefs do, which is just getting as many athletes out there as possible. Right now, the Giants receiver group notoriously is one of the fastest in the NFL already with Golden Tate, who might not be back, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. So already hitting on the first clump of guys, and I would think the first two, that are being talked about the most in the top 10. And you could maybe lump Jalen Watt on this, but I don't want to rush to him just yet. Jamar Chase and Devonta Freeman. Chase, who we did a profile on, and we did also one on Smith. Chase is a very fluid route runner, really great cutter, a guy that does not lose a lot of momentum when he's cutting on his routes. And then Devonta Smith is the really perplexing one because he's so productive in college. He's receiving a lot of Marvin Harrison comps because of his size and his build. But there's rumors that the guy only weighs about 160 pounds. Do you really want that guy to be your number one receiver on your team? And is he capable of doing that at the next level? So there's a a kind of a give and take here with both these players. I think both would be really good options if they chose to go receiver at 11 and if they were both on the board. Yeah, I I have a feeling that Devonta Smith would not be available to the Giants if he had weight, weighed and measured at the Senior Bowl and came in at the six foot one that Alabama says he is, and then even 185 pounds. Yeah, I think that would be close enough for a lot of NFL teams to say, you know what, that's big enough. He, we know he can run routes. We know he can play with a lot of great competitive toughness. He can win. You know, that's fine. But 160, 165 pounds. That is very thin for the NFL, and that might limit him to just being a slot receiver. And like we were just saying, that's something the Giants already have almost too much of. Jamar Chase, coming into this year, I wouldn't have thought that he would be available at 11th overall. But with him opting out, really having only one year of production, I mean, incredible production, but still only one year, that might be enough for teams to pass on him, maybe go for a slightly safer option. And he could slide a bit. And honestly, Chase kind of reminds me of Akeem Nix coming out. Just looking at him, he do- he looks he's got he looks good for uh, an ex receiver. You know, he isn't incredibly big. He isn't incredibly athletic, but just everything comes together well. And he does pretty much everything well. Right. And that's why it's so hard to evaluate Devontae Smith because he does everything at, at such a, a fantastic level and um, that it's just so hard to really pick apart what's wrong with him. So I, I think that both of these guys, it's uh, kind of a give and take on who is valued the highest on 
most guys' boards. And I, I think what's going to end up happening is whoever's the first to go in the group is going to create a possible run on receivers because there's a, a good crop of players on this day one list that are capable of going in the top 15, particularly Chase, Smith, and Jalen Waddell. And that kind of leads into our next two guys that are considered to be first-rounders. Jalen Waddell has been talked about in the range of somewhere from 10 to 20. He could really go anywhere there. And surprisingly, Waddell, actually not surprisingly, Waddell has been a very commonly mocked name for the Giants, specifically for receivers. When we're talking about receivers that people keep bringing up for the Giants, Jalen Waddell seemingly is constantly brought up. The other one, Rashad Bateman, he's a, a bit of a different style than I think some of all these other guys here that we've mentioned. He's probably not going to go at 11. You never know, possibly could be valued very highly by Gettleman, but he is more in the discussion of 15 to 30 in the, in the back half of the first round. Um, the one thing that I really like about Rashad Bateman, and I think he fits what the Giants would want with a receiver, which is a big guy, a guy that is a really good route runner, is efficient, really good at running slant routes and routes, routes across the middle, can take contact, is a very good contested catcher, and is a dominant player in 50-50 situations. And he is constantly a name that I think people are on very different spectrums for on where they how they value him and honestly I'm pretty high on him I think that he is going to be a very very good NFL receiver yeah it, it his ability to win and win it at multiple areas of the field you know you're talking about him being very good at running slants crossing the middle but he's also really good in vertical routes uh I believe last year 2019 he was averaging over 20 yards per catch at Minnesota and he was just burning up the field he isn't a really fast wide receiver, but he is a very productive, a very efficient wide receiver. He's got good route running, very good hands, very good body control. And like you said, he is great in contested catch situations. You know, he he is one of these guys who can turn a 50-50 ball into a 60-40 or 70-30 ball. You know, really good at boxing defenders out, really strong hands, good leaping ability. He he can win at the catch point. Exactly. Very, very strong at the catch point. And he's somebody that if the Giants were picking later, I think he would make a lot more sense. 11 might be a little bit too high. Maybe he slides into the second round, and then he can kind of fall into that conversation. Let's start talking about those second round guys, though. Before we do, though, folks, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. So when we get to day two, and I think that this will probably be one of the best spots for the Giants to take a receiver... The options in the first round are going to be dependent on what happens ahead of them, if they're willing to pass on some of the defensive guys. But when you get to day two, if you haven't signed anybody in free agency and if you didn't draft anybody in the first round, this is money time. This is where you need to go get your guy. You need to not overthink it. You need to not think, oh, well, this guy that we had a, a high grade on at a different position fell. Maybe we should take him. No, I, I think that Round two really needs to be the money spot for them selecting a receiver. And there's a lot of really fun names in here, Chris. Kadarius Tony, who's considered to be a late first-round prospect, could be early second. Rondell Moore, who's being a little bit devalued because of some injury issues. Explosive, smaller receiver. Uh, Terrace Marshall, talked about as a first-round prospect, could be early day two. Nico Collins. There's a lot of names that you can go with here that I think could step into that, that number one role with guys that are 
high upside, have some really good talent, but maybe just didn't put it all together and having a, a hugely dominant and productive season in college. Yeah, and there really does seem to be two archetypes in here. You've got the Kadarius Tony Rondell Moore type guys. Uh, probably had Amari Rogers from Clemson, and I think maybe even Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan could slip into the third round. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go in the second round. Once you dig into his film, he's really fun. You know, these guys are kind of smaller, really fast, really quick. They can line up all over. The Tony, for example, I just because his he's fresh in my mind. I pretty much just did his uh, scouting report. Yeah, he he was a gadget player for most of his time at Florida, but then after uh, Van Jefferson left for the NFL, he kind of get, he becomes their number one receiver, whose name isn't Kyle Pitts, and he lines up out wide he lines up in the slot he lines up in the backfield and he gets used vertically he gets used in on slants crossing routes screen passes jet motion yeah he basically does it all and you know those guys if you have a an offensive coordinator who is willing to take notes from how Kansas City uses Ty, uh, uses Tyreek Hill and move him around the offensive formation you know work to get him the ball in space you know get him away from defenders and let him do his thing. Those guys can be very interesting. Then on the other hand, you've got guys like Nico Collins, Terrace Marshall, Seth Williams. These guys are big. They are physical. Also a, a kind of common trait now that I think about it is each one of them, they've got upside, but none of them played with particularly good quarterbacks last year. Uh, Nico Collins in particular, that was really frustrating. I'm sure Terrace Marshall, you know, he gets to be the uh, third fiddle behind uh Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson at LSU with Joe Burrow going crazy last year. And then this year, LSU kind of forgets how to throw the ball. And then Seth Williams at Auburn, you know, he's a big body, another good guy in a, in a contested catch situation. But Auburn is just not known for their passing game. Yeah, that's actually a really good point that you bring up when we, we all these guys that we just mentioned and we brought up that we've hit on here. I don't think any of them. There's, a, there's not a single guy on here that I can think of had a good quarterback. Like, Jamar Chase had a, a good quarterback with Joe Burrow. Then he he opts out smartly because he does not know what, what was going to happen this season. Devonta Smith has Mac Jones. Jalen Waddell has Mac Jones. And Tua Tagovailoa, same thing with Devonta Smith, also has Tua. Rashad Bateman uh, has uh, Tanner Morgan, who's okay. He's coming back, but he's actually considered a draft prospect. The rest of these guys in the second round, though, when we come to the second round, it kind of makes sense, Chris, why they weren't productive. And I, honestly, that's why I'm really high on on taking a quarter, or sorry, not a quarterback, a receiver in the second round, because you could get somebody that didn't do a whole lot in their last season in college, but just has really good traits kind of like a Terrace Marshall or a Nico Collins. Nico Collins ended, ended up opting out, but his last quarterback um, was uh, was the was Shea Patterson, who we know is a little bit of a bum. All these guys, though, don't really have the production to back it up, and you could end up getting a gem that's placed into a situation with Daniel Jones, who's capable of making really good throws but just lacked the right receivers. You could end up getting a gem here. Yeah, and you know, with that in mind, I... I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Giants do pick up at an Allen Robinson or a Kenny Galladay, uh, maybe uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, one of these guys in free agency, and then 
turn around and double dip in the draft. You know, maybe they don't take one of these guys at the very top, but then here on day two, where you've got all of these different body types and guys who I would say Amari Rogers from Clemson and, you know, potentially Tony from Florida with uh, Kyle Trask aside, they just, they were not playing with NFL quarterbacks. You might have some, really surprise sleepers you know some guys who could be gems who could not just blossom in the nfl but explode at the nfl level and it's super interesting that you bring up the possibility of them double dipping and i i was just thinking that there's two directions that they could go in in terms of double dipping the one way that you brought up which is signing a top 10 free agent receiver and there's some good names in this year's class there's some some quality guys that they could sign as as free agents if they have the money to do so and then drafting somebody early on I think the other option is if they don't sign anybody and nobody comes to play for the Giants they then draft somebody early and then double dip in in day three and go and select someone which is perfect timing to transition to talking about these day day three receivers which, again, I would not be shocked if they took someone early and then decided to say, we're going to also go grab a second receiver and bolster the group so we can have maybe more of a developmental guy, maybe a guy that's going to be a spot situation player, like a Dwayne Eskridge who is really fast, explosive. Uh, we don't even know if he's really fully hit his ceiling yet. Demetric Felton from UCLA, he's a gadget guy that played running back and receiver, played a lot of receiver at the Senior Bowl. If they go in this direction, it allows them to build on the group. And we've seen in the past, they're not afraid to do that. They're not afraid to say, we need a lot of linebackers, so we're going to take six of them. Not literally, but they took a ton of linebackers last year. So don't be shocked if it happens again. Yeah, not not at all. And yeah, adding a really blue chip wide receiver, either in free agency or at the top of the draft, and then turning around and getting another one, that yeah, that is a good strategy, I think. You know, number one, there's always attrition at the position. Yeah, you know, the wide receiver position and the def- and the defensive backs, you're, you pretty much have to count on losing at least one every year. Also, those guys wind up contributing a lot on special teams. So you need five or six. So you might as well make sure your wide receiver three, your wide receiver four, is a good player. You know you. You don't want to get caught having to bring your wide receiver five or six onto the field, and they're a guy basically there just to fill out the roster. And also, you know, some of these guys do have legitimate developmental potential. Sage Surratt at Wake Forest, he's kind of similar to Rashad Bateman or Nico Collins. You know, maybe not quite as big as Collins, but he's got good size, he's got good hands, he's pretty good route runner. A little bit of a tongue twister saying that so many times. Uh, also, Austin Watkins, UAB, he he flashed, I think, to both of us at the Senior Bowl, and we know the Giants scout the Senior Bowl pretty heavily. Also, just one more name to throw out there, just because Trevor Lawrence had his pro, has, had his individual pro day, the Giants were in attendance. The only Clemson receiver to catch patch, catch, eh, to catch passes from him was Cornell Powell, who also was at the Senior Bowl. So maybe just a name to kind of keep in your back pocket, so you know. Maybe somewhere day three, round five-ish, you say, oh, the Giants are going to take Cornell Powell. Yeah, maybe you look smart. Right. There's no shot that the Giants are going to end up being able to select Trevor Lawrence at 11th overall. So we could probably guess who uh, who they were there to take a look at. That's a really good point that you bring up, Cornell Powell. 
I, I do have this strong sense, though, that this could be the position group that they spend the most draft capital on. Because, again, we've seen a trend of grabbing a couple players at a position group just to fill out depth. And right now, the weakest position group for them is receiver. They didn't take a single receiver in the previous draft class. They signed mostly UDFAs. Most of them did not stick. Golden Tate is probably not going to be coming back because of his gigantic contract. And they are then only going to be returning with, what, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard? They're going to need to, depending on if they can sign somebody in free agency, they're going to need to, to draft at least one or two guys at the position. Otherwise, they're going to be coming into this season very undermanned and lacking in talent at the receiver group. So this is going to be one of the most important conversations to have. And I'm hoping that we were able to provide that on today's show, because I I think once we finish these previews, Chris, we're just going to keep mentioning receivers. We're going to keep bringing it up because it's going to be the most popularly mocked position group next to corner and next to linebacker for the rest of this, this draft cycle. Yeah, in fact, I, we've already seen that. It's, you almost don't even have to open up a mock draft to know the Giants are going to be getting either Jalen Waddle or Kyle Pitts. You know, maybe Devonta Smith, maybe Jamar Chase. If one of them, you know, if the mock drafter is feeling a little, you know, a little saucy and decides to let one of them slip a little bit. Right now, it, it almost feels like a foregone conclusion that the Giants are going to be drafting a wide receiver at 11th overall. Now, I. I am not going to write that in ink. I'm definitely not putting that in stone that they will, but it's something they just cannot continue to ignore. You know, you the way for a team to win consistently, not just consistently within a year, but from season to season, is with a good offense. You know, the, the saying used to be that you know, offense tells, sells tickets, defense wins championships. Uh, it's just not that way anymore. Yeah. When was the last time we saw a defensive team? You know, this year the the Buccaneers were just a great team all around. They had great defense and a great offense. But when was the last time we we saw a team that was legitimately led by its defense win the Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. They're going to need to bolster their offense, and right now it seems like it's going to start with attacking this receiver group. So stay tuned throughout the draft process. We don't have too many position groups left that we're going to hit on, but we do definitely have some more that we're going to circle around on. We're going to continue to wrap up these conversations. Heck, we're even going to talk quarterbacks, guys. We're going to talk quarterbacks, even though I know that uh, most of you might think we're crazy for doing so, but they're going to be in the market for possibly drafting a, a backup quarterback. Our next show that we are going to have coming up in this current cycle as we did receivers today we're going to be doing tight ends next talking about Kyle Pitts is probably going to be very heavy in the discussion so stay tuned for that as Chris is definitely juiced up for that part Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button five star review if you love listening to the show follow us on social media at Big Blue View at Joe DeLeon at Raptor MKII and then additionally head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis We'll talk to you later, folks. Enjoy your weekend. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.